Hello, and welcome to Stonebridge's online service. I am Pastor John, the senior pastor of Stonebridge Community Church, and we are glad that you are connecting with us. Whether it's through the podcast or through the YouTube channel, it is good to be connected in worship. If you are in town, I do want to extend an invitation to you to come and join us in our in-person services. On Saturday evenings, we have a 5.30 outdoor service, and on Sunday mornings, we have a 10.30 indoor service. At the 10.30 indoor service on Sundays, masks are required regardless of vaccination status. But I invite you, if you are ready and if you are in town, to come and join us because church was meant to be done in person, with actual human connection. But we are glad that you have checked in with us through the online services as well. The way this works is you will hear the word of God read. I'll be reading from Exodus chapter 3 as we continue our Moses Legacy series. You will then hear the word of God preached through the sermon. And then there will be two worship songs to guide you in musical worship this week. So thank you for joining with us. God bless you. And may this be a time of lively worship where God speaks to you. I invite you now to hear the word of God read. This week continues our sermon series entitled The Moses Legacy, where we're going to be looking at different periods in the life of Moses, starting here in Exodus. And this week brings us to Moses and the Burning Bush from Exodus chapter 3. I'll be reading from Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6, and I invite you to hear the word of God as we hear the scriptures read. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And I invite you to join with me in prayer. Please pray with me. Lord, speak to us through your scriptures now. Lord, speak to us through your word. As you appeared to Moses in the burning bush, appear to us now. Let us know that you are with us. Let us know that you are present. Let us know who you are. Lord, we know that you are reaching out to us constantly. Open up our eyes, open up our ears, open up our hearts and minds so that we can see you reaching out to us, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So Moses and the burning bush, it, it is objectively an exciting scene. Moses and the burning bush is a dramatic scene, and there's no two ways about it. This is when Moses, this future leader of Israel, the one who will go and challenge Pharaoh, this is when Moses meets God understands that God is real, where, where God reaches out to Moses and gives Moses his truest identity. This is where Moses finds himself. He's been shepherding a flock 
in the desert now for a while. After having run away from Pharaoh because he killed the Egyptian and Pharaoh wanted to seek Moses' life, at this point is when Moses understands his call. So it is a dramatic scene. And it's a beautiful scene. And it's one that gets depicted very often. But the drama in this scene can actually blind us, I think, to an important aspect of the way this story plays out. And I think that the way this scene gets depicted, we usually overlook an important detail in this story. But you have to read closely to get that detail. So a few months ago at Stonebridge, we had an incident where our playground that's over there um, near, near the lot, the, the playground that is there, one day it was on fire. Somebody actually drove by the church and saw that the playground was on fire and called the firemen for us, which was very appreciated. So the firefighters came and they put the fire out. A, a good chunk of the playground was destroyed though. And then the firefighters did an investigation to see if this was arson, to see what might have happened here. And what they learned was there was no arson. There was actually no human involvement. Our playground just spontaneously combusted. Out of nowhere, it just lit on fire. The heat got to a certain point and fire just erupted. I, I share this story to help you understand that sometimes things do just light on fire. When there's enough heat, when the conditions are correct, fire will just consume things spontaneously. And that's important for the story with Moses because one of the things that fire will spontaneously combust and, and, and fire will just spontaneously show up in is bushes in the desert. And this is important to understand with this story. Oftentimes with Moses and the burning bush, we focus on the fact that the bush is burning and the big great fire and that that is what is important here. But for Moses, seeing a bush on fire wouldn't have been incredibly rare. Bushes lighting on fire, spontaneously combusting, it was actually, I don't want to say fairly common, but it's something Moses would have seen. And what is important about this bush is not that it is burning, but as Moses points out in the story, what is important is that it's not being consumed. The fire is there raging in the bush, but the bush is not being consumed. That's what sets this story apart. That's what grabs Moses' attention. And that's why Moses wanders over to go and see what is going on here. Again, it's not that the bush is burning because bushes would light on fire fairly regularly in the desert. Spontaneous combustion happens. It's that the bush wasn't being consumed. So Moses is going about his day. Something that wouldn't be that out of the ordinary happens. But Moses stops to watch. Now think about that. 
In order for Moses to have noticed that the bush isn't being consumed, he would have stopped to watch. He would have had to notice this. He would have had to have lingered there for a while to see how this would have developed. That, I think, is one of the main lessons that we lose in the dramatic tellings of the burning bush. Yes, this is a dramatic moment. Yes, this is when Moses meets God. Yes, the the burning bush, it, it is a powerful symbol. But it all arises from a very ordinary event where Moses stops to see and he lingers. And then he notices that the bush isn't being consumed. God gives us these dramatic events in our lives. But they always begin from ordinary circumstances. And we live in a culture now that I think that we elevate the dramatic. We elevate the extraordinary. We elevate the really dynamic parts of life. But we forget that those dynamic parts of life, that the extraordinary parts of life, they always begin with something ordinary. They always begin with something that is fairly run-of-the-mill. The poet Kathleen Norris, she writes, We want life to have meaning. We want fulfillment, healing, and even ecstasy. But the human paradox is that we find these things by starting where we are. We must look for blessings to come from unlikely, everyday places. That's what happens here in Moses' story with the burning bush. It starts off with an everyday, normal occurrence. But Moses pauses. He stops. He lingers. And it's only then, when God says, when, when, when God notices that Moses has turned aside to go see what is going on with the burning bush, it's only then that God begins to speak to Moses. Moses' ability to stop and to notice what is actually happening, that's what creates this whole scene. There's a real lesson there for us in that. Like I said, our whole culture seems to be built on things that are grand, things that are massive, things that are big. And in that, we miss the ordinary lessons of life. And the fear in that is that we miss seeing the fullness of God's work in our lives. Because the truth is, yes, God works in extraordinary ways. And God works in miraculous ways. But God also, and most likely far more often, works in simple, subtle ways in our lives. And if we only focus on the grand, extravagant acts of God, we miss the multiple ways in which God is constantly trying to reach us, constantly trying to shape us and form us and remind us of who God is. Those blessings, they show up in those everyday little acts of God. And sometimes those acts will grow into grand, extravagant gestures from God. But sometimes they do just stay normal. 
You can actually see this, though, this way of God working in, in the life of Jesus. We have this story of the gospel, which is a beautiful story. And every single gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they end with Jesus going to the cross, with Jesus sacrificing himself for humanity, with Jesus atoning for sins. They all culminate in that grand, dramatic gesture, uh, the central act of God in all of history. But what we overlook sometimes is all the years that built up to that. I mean, Jesus was around 30 years old, we think, when he began his ministry. That's three decades of God working in Jesus. And then when he began his ministry, there's these three years where he's traveling around with his disciples. We get the more dramatic moments in the Gospels, but three years is a long time. They ate together. They, they drank together. They traveled together. God was at work in all of those other moments. And it's from those moments that God builds those big dramatic gestures. Part of me wishes I could talk to the disciples to understand what those other moments would have been like also. I mean, the Gospel of John tells us that Jesus did many other things that aren't recorded in the Gospels as well. You can also look at the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul travels a lot. And in Paul's stories, we get the more dramatic events recounted to us. But in traveling, a lot of the time, you're just sitting there. You're sitting there while the boat is moving, the, the cart is moving. However, Paul was traveling. Sometimes you're just sitting there. But God is at work in Paul's life in those moments also. I worry that the emphasis on the grand, the emphasis on the dramatic, that it really blinds us from all the work God is doing in our lives. God is constantly trying to show up in your life. And the most ordinary, mundane things can actually be ways that we can see God and understand God more fully. There's a book entitled The Liturgy, Liturgy of the Ordinary. And in this book, the author, um, I think her name is Tish Warren Harrison, she talks about how a daily routine can be an act of worship. And she goes through how brushing your teeth can be an act of worship, how going to bed at night can be an act of worship, how coffee or tea can be an act of worship. I think that that was one of the lessons Moses was learning here in the burning bush. Something ordinary happens in Moses' life. He pauses, he looks at it, he walks over, he realizes the bush isn't being consumed, and then God speaks to him. God wants to speak to you. And sometimes, yes, God will do dramatic things. And we have all these conversion stories that people tell that are very dramatic. But most of the time, that's not the way God is speaking. Most of the time, God is speaking through the day-to-day -day stuff that has become boring to you, that has become mundane. But God is still there speaking to you. One thing I've 
been I've mentioned in the past, and I'll mention again. One of my hobbies has become baking, and I enjoy it. I enjoy baking because it's fun to make something with my hands. It was not a hobby I ever expected to um, to to take up, but it's something that has given me a good deal of joy in the last few years. One of the things that I love about it, though, is that when I'm baking, when I'm doing this creative process, it has started to remind me of God's creative process in changing the world. It started to remind me of that Genesis 1 story where God takes this formless void and shapes it and forms it into something that has meaning and purpose and functions. So the simple act of baking, there's these moments where it becomes a reminder of who God is and a reminder of worship for me. I wonder what that is for you. I wonder what there is in your life that is ordinary, that you don't really think much about. But if you stop and you linger at it for a while, if you stop and like Moses, you gaze at it for a bit and you think about it and you reflect, I wonder what God might say to you in such a moment. Moses at the burning bush. It is a grand dramatic story, but it starts from a very ordinary day. Moses opens up his eyes and he sees God at work. May we do likewise. May you do likewise. And may you see God clearly throughout your day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
passed away Your love has stayed the same Your constant grace remains the cornerstone
Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Friends, as you go about your day, may you pause. May you linger, and may you see God at work in the subtle details. Sometimes they'll become extravagant gestures from God, but oftentimes they'll just remain subtle details. But God is at work in all and through all. So may you go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the love of the Father. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go in peace. Amen.